Welcome to the Puzzle Podcast CMO Series. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Puzzle CMO Series podcast. Now, usually when we put together a wee agenda for one of these episodes, we'll focus on a single dimension of the job or something to do with that CMO. But when we spoke to this week's guest, we had to explore all of the different challenges that a legal CMO faces, and certainly this CMO faces in such an individual way. Now, today we welcome to the CMO Series podcast, Gene Hammerstrom, who's the Chief Marketing Officer at Banesh. And we're going to look at all things to do with longevity, growth, execution, and retention. Gene, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Eugene. Glad to be here. Delighted to have you. Now, to kick things off, you are a self-progressed Pittsburgher. Now, when we were first having our initial chats, you were telling us all about your love of Pittsburgh. How did you come to end up in Cleveland? How did you leave Pittsburgh? And indeed, what were the steps along the way to becoming the chief marketing officer at Banesh? Well, it wasn't the football team here in Cleveland, I'll tell you that, because uh, I'm a diehard Steelers <laughs> fan. Um, so, yeah, I still believe black and gold. Um, it actually was persistence of the then um, uh, managing partner and the COO who really gave me an opportunity to create something uh pretty cool uh, here and innovative mm-hmm. at the firm. There was nothing here when I came except for Megan, who's with me now. She was an intern. So when I came in the door, there was just Megan. And mm-hmm. uh, they allowed me to build a great team around Megan. Um, actually, she's now a director and give me mm-hmm. the financial and the marketing resources to do so. So I was pretty fortunate in just building it from bottom up. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned Megan and indeed, You've got one thing which you have in, in your role is longevity. We see a lot of marketers, and certainly at the moment, the, the, the job market, both for attorneys and for legal business development marketing professionals, is so fluid. What do you think is the secret to your longevity and indeed longevity in senior leadership roles within marketing and business development? You know, this is a good question. Uh, you know, I've been doing this since 1989 to- in total, mm-hmm. so... Uh, it's been a while, but you know, you need to, it sounds a little, I don't know, um, kitsky or whatever the word is, but you need to create your own happiness in, in any position and really gain the support from the managing partner of a law firm and the practice group leaders. That's really important mm-hmm. to do when, when you first enter the doors. Uh, they need to know you have goals for the firm and for yourself um, and mm-hmm. for your team and you bring new uh, innovative opportunities and ideas, and you got to follow through on them, even if they don't work. Uh, you can't be afraid of them not working. Um, mm-hmm. So I've learned that along the way. I had a lot of great mentors, uh, but it is really you get you got to create your own happiness. Uh, nobody else can do it for you. So it's the happiness, it's the team, but it's also working towards something which you're all you know co-creating together. So that longevity over the that 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 period of time you get to actually build your own thing and indeed when we first spoke you talked a lot about you know the growth of the firm i think you said you know basically almost 100 percent growth over the last few years you've got truckloads of new attorneys and over the you know as a business you really are changing at a, at a national level what do you put down that success to is it all of the things you mentioned before is it the co-creation is it the partnership is it the happiness what is the secret to your success as a, as a business and and you personally i wish i wish i could package it all up but i'll tell you what it's been incredible growth um you said you know mm-hmm. 100% for the firm um over the last few years but 200 like 10% just in chicago alone 
Uh, you know, we wow. started with two people there and we're now up to, you know, a hundred. Um, in fact, we're having a celebration in a couple of weeks about our hundredth attorney joining. So it's been very incredible. The growth of the firm um, has been exciting and it's been, uh, it's really been a full, full team effort on, um, you know, with the practice groups who have helped to, mm. you know, bring some of these laterals in and our operations areas. We all work together really well, you know, whether it's recruiting and, and accounting and HR and all those kinds of IT, you know, we've all worked really hard mm. in, in growing this. And I have to give, um, you know, full credit to our very passionate and entrepreneurial managing partner who a number of people have met um, mm-hmm. at an LMA conference a few years ago when I was brought into the Hall of Fame. He threw a party. So a lot of people got to meet Greg. And I'm, as I say to everyone, you can't take him. He's ours. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we set out with a very focused strategic plan and he and the administrative partner and the CEO have driven that plan. You know, even through COVID, we didn't stop. So. I give a lot of credit mm-hmm. to him and the you know leadership. One of the things you mentioned to me before, and of course, it it starts from the top down, starts with Greg, starts with you. But one of the things you said over and over again was about this sales mentality, and and you talk a lot about growth. But it's one of the you're one of the few chief marketing officers <laughs> who really uses the word sales as opposed to business development. Can you tell us a bit more about? not only the building of that culture, but the recognition and the encouragement of a sales mentality within Banesh. How do you do that? Why do you do that? And and what does that actually look like day to day? Well, you know, let's call a spade a spade. That's what I always say. You know, let's be honest about it. We can come up with all kinds of creative names for it. But again, you know, Mm -hmm. we're a business and we just happen to be in the service industry, just like any other service company. You know, we need to expand our customer base. And we like to recognize attorneys who really take it upon, you know, his or herself to build um, a book of business and service clients above and beyond. So, you know, mm-hmm. we actually created an annual program similar to those sales recognition programs you see at some high tech companies or the Fortune 500 companies have, um, where mm-hmm. we gather to give awards and recognition and do some downtime, you know, spying and golfing together. And then really develop plans on how we can all work together to service our clients better and um, identify new prospects. So it really is a sales um, uh, effort um, throughout the firm. And then everyone probably not only sees that, but they want to take ownership of it. So you're building in effect an infrastructure and a support thing, which, which, you know, encourages those who are successful already, but it must also be really good. You talked about that growth of, you know, 211% and and hundred plus attorneys in Chicago. It must be a real bonus when you are looking to recruit new talent to your firm. (laughs) You know, it is, I got to tell you, they do use business development slash sales slash marketing, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, as a hook whenever we are um, trying to recruit. But similar to what I just described, our team Everest program, which is what we call it, is unique in that we, like to not only recognize those making a real effort in developing business, but support them, right? With business mm-hmm. development resources and technology and even financial, financially, mm-hmm. you know, to, to build their practice. So yes, when we talk to potential hires about these these tools and resources available, they're they're pretty unique and they stand out, um, you know, in our firm. So um, it helps them to build their practice as they come over. Well, you're a very good example, Gene, of how it's quite easy to measure culture and to to assess it but it's quite hard to influence it and it's something which you have built with your managing partner over time to to build this sales culture another thing which i i found really interesting when we were speaking before is not just the way that you approach things as a business but also how you structure your team so 
we talked we've talked a lot about growth and, and how you do you achieve that but actually you're a bit different to other firms you have a very um compact experienced team which relies a lot on external support you know this core group of i think you have about eight people in your team to drive this growth can you tell us a wee bit more how you structure your team how you arrived at that model and then how you sort of drag and drop these external supporters this support system which you've built around your banesh team so um you know we've been together my senior team and i for 18 years i really i wow. brought them um, on board most of them like right well megan was here but right out of school um so you know we have a real unique um again as you said compact small team um mm -hmm. but what i what i did and i think we're, we're actually looking at you know structure restructuring all the time you know we always look for new new ways is um from the very beginning they were cross-trained so everyone knows everyone else's position here so mm -hmm. there was, somebody's out or somebody's sick or somebody has a death in the family whatever it might be um anybody can pick up anybody's job but you know we're finding more and more that we might have to restructure a little bit more and get some more specialties but because we are a small team and because we like working with each other so mm -hmm. much um we've been fortunate and the firm has also allowed us to use what i call benish plus outside of our immediate uh benish team and benish plus mm -hmm. really is a, a conglomeration of you know i have a designer in pittsburgh i have research people you know in atlanta i have um uh, people who do content for us uh and you know in canada and in, in the us and all over so mm -hmm. i call them like Benish plus because they really are an extension of our team um and so we are able to use those resources to help support um us in supporting our attorneys so it is a pretty unique um setup but quite frankly um you know there's less hr time um on our part the mm -hmm. directors themselves because we just really have these outside resources that manage themselves um so it's been it's been very successful and we tried to get together with benish plus once a year uh they come in we meet mm -hmm. and we get to meet each other because sometimes some of those um consultants change over time mm -hmm. but um it's been very very effective for us and we don't have all the answers right uh isn't it easier to go to a to an expert outside of the firm and say, what do you think this PR you know, strategy should be? Or what do you think this CRM uh, that we're looking to purchase should be kind of thing? So yeah, it's been very helpful. Mm -hmm. It's a really good recognition as well of, of the strengths and the and maybe the bits where your team can't add value. And it's also quite a nice, efficient way of running your own team. And, and linked to that, you, you mentioned Megan a couple of times there, who's been with you 18 <laughs> years. Um, You've, that's pretty much unheard of, not just yourself staying at Benesh for that long, but someone like Megan. How on earth are you keeping people that long? What, what is the secret sauce? Because I'm sure there's a, a few listeners here wondering, like, how, how on earth do I keep my team for even half that amount of time? You know, it's it sounds, again, very simple, um, maybe elementary, but um, yeah. every time I left the house, my mom would say to me, be kind to everyone every time I left the house. So I think it is being kind and being a mentor. Um, make sure mm -hmm. your team members are successful and lift them up. Um, I always find the opportunity to let the firm management know their contributions to the success of the firm and the efforts they're making, you know, in the department. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, if I don't have them to help support me, to help support the firm, then, you know, we don't, we don't have anything here. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, I don't hesitate, even young in their career, to put my team in a meeting with the managing partner or the COO. I'll send, I just have somebody who came right out of Ohio University. I had to have a meeting with the managing partner and it was 
in her area, social media, I'm like, uh, you go because I can't even explain this, you know, as well as you can. So I don't hesitate. Let them, you know, put them out there. Um, let them be successful and, and lift them up. But, um, you know, as I said earlier, I'm smart enough to know that I don't know everything and they have more to offer in certain areas than I do. So, you know, mm-hmm. don't be, don't be insecure with that. Be, be secure with that and say, you know what, here, Megan, uh, this is a different Megan, by the way. Um, here, uh, Megan is really, really good at social media. Let her do it. And, you know, somebody else is really good at CRM. Let them go and talk about it. Um, so, yeah, I give them opportunities to, to speak and to be in meetings and, and to run with the things. That's really important for their professional development. So, uh, sort of tying everything we've said there in the last few questions, it, it seems like honesty is quite a, and an integrity is really a big thing for you and your team and your business. You know, what we're good at, what we're not what we need to focus on and actually who's the best person for the job each and every time. It's yep. quite a, a transparent way of working. Yeah. I mean, some people would say maybe I'm naive by doing it that way, but <laughs> I can only be who I am. Right. So it's like <laughs> either, either, uh, you know, I can answer your question or I can't, or, you know, mm-hmm. find the best person to do it. Or, you know, I've always sort of been that way. You know, there, there have been different opportunities that I've been given, um, you know, at other firms those kind of things but i knew that that wasn't what i could or should do you know mm. i'll be honest with myself and with them like they, you don't want me you know um well and- it's it's you know people will compliment the model of how you've structured your team and how you run the business but actually it's it's the integrity behind it and actually re- being very honest with yourself and where your strengths and where your weaknesses lie i think that that's actually the innovative part and it's maybe there's no bluster or bravado i think that's really the, the interesting piece behind it Right. My biggest weakness, Eugene, is sugar. That's what I got. I got to stop the sugar. <laughs> yeah, you're a woman after my own heart, Gene. We can we can have a big discussion about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think that's probably going to do us for the core bits of questions. But if you still have another couple of minutes, I'm going to um, go through a quick fire round, which is non-work related and is a bit more about you. Okay. So <laughs> um, first question, favorite business and non-business book? Okay, so I'm going to be really honest. People give me all kinds of business books all the time to read, and I'm not really good about reading them. Um, yeah. they, just, they just bore me. I go to sleep. But I will tell you, I'm going to give them a plug. Jim Durham's uh, Little Essential Book of Service Excellence. It's really small and really easy, and it's you can just take bits and pieces out of that and give a presentation at your own firm. So I really appreciate mm-hmm. that as my business book. And non-business, I really like The Glass Castle. I like that book. It, it's, the Glass uh, Castle. Yeah, the glass cast. Right. Yes. Um, our founder Tom Elgar always talks about if you read the first few chapters of a business book, that, that you've, you've usually got the gist of it. So right. I, I understand what you mean. Yeah, I get bored. <laughs> um, Jean, what was your first job? Believe it or not, my first job, and I was not very good. Well, I was a summer secretary at a law firm for the summer associates. Mm-hmm. It was a really like. At that time, nice job. You know, worked in an office. By the way, we got to smoke at our desks and things like that. That was crazy back then. But um, I was not very good. But I ended up being the CMO of that law firm 20 years later. So when I was interviewing, I'm like, with the managing partner, I'm like, do you remember me? He's like, you look familiar. I'm like, yeah, when your secretary was out on leave for, you know, vacation or whatever, I filled in and I was just horrible. Like, (laughs) he just looked at me and started laughing. (laughs) Yeah. That is a very a very small world. Yep. Um, probably related to some of the stuff we were talking about before, but what actually makes you happy at work? 
You know what? Um, again, sounds sort of corny, but I love being with my team. Um, COVID mm-hmm. was tough on on our camaraderie, and we used to you know try to meet in parks and take walks and stuff like that. But you mm-hmm. know, we enjoy laughing and sharing stories and working together. So really, it's my team. I think that's a pretty good answer, and it really comes across in everything else you've said. Um, what are you listening to at the moment? Can be podcast, music, audio book, or anything in between. Okay, well, I am like, my husband's like, I take long walks all the time, and I listen to Dateline, which is not the right thing you should be doing while you're walking in parks, um, but I listen to all the Dateline podcasts, like murder mystery kind of stuff, and then I also recently, uh, a more cheerful and very interesting podcast I listened to was The Renegades, uh, mm-hmm. born in the USA, it was with Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama, and it was just really an interesting podcast on how much they had similar in their lives. Um, and it was mm-hmm. a really nice discussion. Nice. That's the, I haven't heard that one before. And last but not least, um, where's your favorite place to, to visit and why? I love Key West. I just think it's relaxing, sort of my Zen area, and just funky. I just like going there and seeing you know people watching and, and being on the beach and hanging out with just happy people. Mm, I think anywhere by water is always a, always a bit of a winner. Oh, yeah. um, that was a quick forward, and, and I've been asked to ask you these two last pieces, which sort of weave us in and tie it all together from a, from a, from a slightly more professional perspective. Um, you are incredibly successful. What would your one piece of advice to other senior and, and also aspiring legal marketers be? As I said earlier, be nice and have fun. Um, we're very fortunate to be in this unique industry um, and make sure you help with the professional development of your team members. Mm, that sounds very reminiscent of what Brenda Plowman always talks about. And then last but not least, um, you've been absolutely fantastic on this. Who would you recommend as a, as a future guest for the Pascal CMO Series podcast? Oh, my goodness. Um you see, I, I think, um, yeah, I have to say Adam Severson. Adam Severs. Okay, I'll give Adam a shout. And I'm also going to give uh, Jim Durham a shout as well. Yes. Seeing as he's written his book, uh, yes. he, he sounds like a prime candidate for the next he episode. He would love the opportunity. So it's so it's, um, Adam. They're both very, very good. Gene, I have to say a big thank you from all the Passel team for your time. This has been fantastic. Okay. Thanks, Eugene. See you soon. <laughs>